I think of sustainability as micro decisions sure. as opposed to like one big thing. And it's exactly what you're saying around like bettering yourself. I think these like micro decisions of making better decisions. Like it's all about making micro little better decisions because there is no one thing. There's no one like leap, I love right? And it We're also not going puts no- it back into your hands because this can be done because in a world where you feel like there's not a lot of hope and our you know atmosphere is going to shit and we need to save the planet, mm. you feel like nothing that you do is going to help it because there's always going to be these mega conglomerates that are not recycling and like you're just like doomed. But it's micro decisions. Micro One decision. little decision after another sure. and it all adds up. For sure. Hey, this is Julia Stern and you're listening to Not My Best. The podcast that reminds you it's okay not to perform at your best 100% of the time. When we shift the focus to become a little bit better instead of trying to be at our best all the time, we'll accomplish a lot more and we'll have way more fun doing it. Let's get into it. Welcome to this episode of Not My Best Podcast. I can't wait to talk to this person because I feel like she is a real life superhero. We will get into that in a little bit, Um, but she is the CEO, co-CEO and co-founder of a company called A Day, or how do you pronounce it? The European way? A Day, the European way. A Day, day, the American way. Um, It is a clothing company that is just really doing incredible things. It creates a bunch of basic pieces that you can mix and match with. So basically you can create your entire wardrobe off of their pieces and it really promotes sustainability too, which we're going to get into. Welcome Nina, and I'm going to let you say your last name. Paul Haber. Paul Haber. Paul Haber. I can't butcher it. And my maiden name. Even is I'm butchering it now. I know my maiden name is Postiglione, and whenever people oh, used to see it, they would Italian? like take a step back. Yes. Cool. Um, so well, Stern is a good one. Easy yeah, Stern one to is adopt. way yeah. simpler. As soon as okay. I picked it up, especially when you're on the phone talking right. to someone and they're like spell your last name <laughs> when you have a long last name that is truly yeah. meaningful. Um, But thank you so much for coming to my couch in Chelsea to talk to me. Thank you for having me. You are so successful. You have started this company. I just want to talk a little bit about what your company is for somebody that doesn't necessarily know about it or hasn't heard about it. For me, and this is so funny because I'm always like posting pictures of myself like in different outfits, wardrobes and fashion is my biggest nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like I live in sweats and gym clothes. Everything else that I own is black. Mm-hmm. You can see me right now in jeans and a gray t-shirt. I put on a fancy earring just to like try and impress you because that is the, like, that's it. It works. <laughs> um, that's all I've got. So you solve two major problems, I think, which is really creating clothing that you never have to open your closet and say, what am I wearing today? And then you've also like really focused on sustainability, which we're so worried about the environment right now. I know how much goes into creating all of these clothes. And this is so important to me because in this society where we're like on these websites, clicking and ordering and not rewearing our outfits and just shipping boxes to our apartment one after the other, it's not good for the environment and it's not good for your bank account either. Nothing. So thank you for coming. Tell me a little bit about your mission and what you do. Totally. I think you hit the nail on the... How did I say it? <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. The nail on the head. <laughs> um, with kind of what our mission is and like mm-hmm. how we were born and what we're about. We were actually born out of precisely the sort of like sentiment and like need that you were describing. My co-founder and I originally met at Goldman Sachs in investment banking and then worked in, I worked at Index Ventures, a VC fund. And um, at the time, I mean, I was living in London and like, 
I cared about fashion and clothing as in like I wanted to you know look like put together and yeah. all of that but I also remembered my childhood wardrobe which is I grew up as a gymnast and always walked around in Nike it was like my it was yeah. my uh yeah Nike whenever was whenever you're in athletics it's just so easy so as comfortable soon as you step into like fitness clothes it's so easy to so comfortable it. easy and mm-hmm. exactly that ease ease and like that need for simplicity and ease was what when back then I remember exactly I was traveling for index and like I had another like 7 a.m flight from like free in Gatwick it was Berlin or something and I opened my closet and I found it so tricky to dress myself for that day yeah flying being well Europe. first of all people who wear jeans on planes are oh. like I don't know how they or I'm really impressed with you and you guys wearing jeans right now I'm wearing jeans on a Thursday afternoon and I'm impressed with myself <laughs> I'm very impressed truly but the people who like don't dress comfy to go to the airport I look at you and I'm like stop it completely. put on a pair of sweatpants completely like enough <laughs> um, so that's so funny but yeah it's so convenient the simplicity of it yeah and the, the inspiration was our, because we wanted that so we, we felt that need and my co-founder was back then in California and similarly sort of wanted to be in comfortable clothing all the time right. um, we couldn't catch, find anything that like matched our want for the comfortable fabrics yet like was looked put together and presentable and presentable going to work exactly yeah. so that's literally how Ada was born we like went out and, and tried to do it ourselves and then the sustainability element and I can talk, talk a lot more about that came in sort of as we started building it because as we started building it because we, we always focused on fully being integrated in terms of designing ourselves, sourcing fabrics, working directly with the suppliers, traveling to um, the factories to like see what they're doing, work with them and stuff. And we saw how clothing is made. And that's when you kind of like, it was like, aha, aware. this is not right. We need yeah, to do something yeah. Like that. that and a few other things. Like, and also a few other aha moments yeah. in life. But generally to go back, it is now our mission is to really create a wardrobe of fewer pieces you can do more in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that idea of like doing more with less, seeing more with less, edited, edited down wardrobe, but yet design the pieces um, or like we design versatility and functionality into the pieces so you can like literally only wear those or like only bring those off a trip I on love a trip that. yeah the, we think of it as like the, the wardrobe for the carry-on generation you said something do more with less mm-hmm. and I love that so much I saw when I creeped your Instagram creepers. Um, always we all do it let's not <laughs> go creep it um, you said that you were such a proud minimalist and I feel like I am the same way. Yeah. Just because we're Looking always around. Gonna, yeah, everything first of all, everything is neutral. I can't commit to a color, hence my gray t shirt. Everything is always gray or black. But beyond that, the more stuff I have, the more cluttered I feel mm-hmm. and the more out of control I feel. When I have really high quality pieces that are simple, I feel like I've you know, took everything back to the basics and I can just function throughout my day better. Yeah, completely. And I think it's a little like for me, I mean, when you think about like back then humans like living in like greens outside and yeah. nature and whatnot I think they were like pretty much I mean there was a lot of stuff going on back then in terms <laughs> of like um basic needs etc but course. other than that your head is not stuffed with like all of the right. things that we artificially created for mm-hmm. ourselves but like by now we like sit on the 13th floor in a building in New York City there's so much traffic there's all these people there's all these things there, that we need to buy we need to work day. and like earn money in order to spend money it's all this yes. stuff and um, please between the earning and the spending like it's out of yeah. control and I'm becoming such an adult because my parents are always in my head like save 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 and my husband tries that too I like hide the boxes as <laughs> the apartment. but it, it really is like we just always feel like we need more yeah and when you take a second and you simplify it down you're doing so much more yourself because you're not focused on what you have for sure yeah so for me the minimalism is really something that's like across two things I think of it as 
the minimalism in terms of like things you own and things mm -hmm. you buy and like really focusing on precisely what you're saying, investing in fewer things that you feel better about, really thinking about a purchase decision. Like I really, really force myself that when I go into a store and I really like something, I try it on, but I try to not buy it. I try yes. to go away and like wait for 24 hours Think about and see, it and if, if, you see if I still it, want it. That's a great trick. Exactly. And I'm not like, by all means, I'm not the perfect minimalist. I don't live in like... In a in in a in it's a tiny home. It's almost impossible to be in New York City. Have you ever seen that show, Tiny Homes? I have. On, on, it's oh, on Netflix. My right? goodness, I could not. It's like the size of this coffee table, and they have yeah. a living room, a dining room, a bedroom. A I, yeah, room. I have my. I mean, the minimalism tiny home. That those are people who take it to the extreme. To me, the tiny home thing. It, like, I think the earth is a really big place, and like, mm -hmm. even if we build, I think we should build thoughtful houses yes. and thoughtful buildings and thoughtful apartments mm -hmm. so like if I build a big house yet build it in a way and I'm not in that place right now but if I build a big house build it in a way that it's like maybe it's solar panel maybe the water is like being reused you know right. I have a proper like trash disposal system etc etc so to me it's more about the circularity there thoughtfulness better yes. exactly so in, in terms of design how we think about it is um we we use the word intentional okay. intentional design um, we use a lot. Uh, we use a lot of insights. So ask our customers what they want before we create it. So mm -hmm. making sure that we don't just like churn out a bunch of things. Of course. Um, and yeah, intentional or like conscious designs at times as well. So I think like, everything that you do in life should be intentional. Even if like you're sitting on the couch watching like trashy TV. Yeah, it should be a, agreed. With the and 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 that's why my yeah, and that's why my second part of the minimalism. So one is to being more like the ownership of like owning fewer things or buying fewer things. The second part to me is really this idea of like. Um, essentialism mm -hmm. um, there's even a book called essentialism that I read a few years ago that definitely inspired parts of that um, it is well um, and essentialism is not only it, it, this is about the ownership part but then also about time okay. and like the essentialist nature of like my decisions and like my headspace yeah so do I really need to do all these 10 meetings or are there many maybe four of the 10 meetings that are not necessary mm -hmm. do I really need to do like an hour of that do I really need to watch this TV show as well do I really need to go to this party right yeah um, because I never like, everyone, need to go to this party you never I need, need to go stay home and you sit always on my couch. Need to go. exactly <laughs> So the essential is like, and that's a, it's a, it's a, it's one that takes practice. I think. Yeah. I mean, at least for me, it took practice to yeah. hold myself to like more essentialist scheduling and like essentialist relationships in a yeah. way. Where do I really need to like meet all these people and like do all these things, or do I focus on like the friends I have and like right. the few fewer things in my schedule that are like really important? I love how this whole entire concept transformed into a clothing company it's <laughs> so much bigger than a t-shirt it yeah. really is a way of life it's a way of thinking and it's a way of being yeah. mindful yeah is there a meaning behind the name of a day yeah it's it's short for a new day um or another day my co-founder says another day i say a new day but the positivity and like the beginning of something so yeah. we're inspired by that oh that's so great um how do you compete in a world where the next biggest trend is constantly changing and constantly being marketed. So you really are speaking this mission of minimalism and just use what you need. And then I feel like the outside world is like this trend and that trend and buy this and buy that and more, 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 more. Mm -hmm. Do you ever step back and say like, how are we keeping up with this while still staying true to our mission? Mm. I mean, I think it's going to be more of a challenge maybe in like three years or something sure. i think to date it's been actually okay because i think even in like 
the world where we are operating on in, which is like creating fewer pieces that are better and versatile, yeah. etc. Um, the demand there is like we are all, you know, we're currently addressing women's market mainly. I mean, men buy our products sure. too, but there's a lot of like we all need to get dressed mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. And usually like it's once or twice. Need. Yeah, yeah once or twice because maybe we work out or maybe we have like an evening thing. So there's a lot of it's a basic need. It's a basic need because we um and we want products that are good. So even what we find in our even though we're only going for essentials um and and basics and stuff, what we find is that the core wardrobe that we're mm-hmm. like operating in for a woman is so big yeah. in terms of like silhouettes and in terms of fabrics and in terms of like lightweight and heavier weight and in terms of all of those kind of things so even in our core wardrobe originally we launched with seven pieces mm-hmm. um which are very there was a leg a pair of leggings called the throw and roll leggings a pair of track pants a tank top um a sports bra a sweatshirt so very very much like the core it, it wasn't even What a sweatshirt actually the first seven base layers yeah for a day mm-hmm. literally oh my goodness um, i just threw in the name of the company and didn't even realize it so that you was did. very Thanks, smart right? you to name it that. <laughs> um it was literally what we needed for a day and then we started growing from there like they came a sweatshirt and there was this, a jacket etc mm-hmm. etc and now we just recently launched our first coat um and then we also expanded recently into uh, things like knits But still, I would say we're only scratching the surface sure, of like what actually so the basics are. Sure, there's so much that you can are. do while still keeping it basic. And a- exactly. And then even after time, so what we do is we usually design for um, something to be like really, really good. And then mm-hmm. we launch it. And then we try to make it better over time. So yeah. even if a woman like uh, something bore a shirt is our best-selling shirt and lots of women, lots of people own it and like love it, maybe after a time they like want to buy the same one in different colors or like sure. we also have women that have just worn it so much yeah. or there's this leggings here the brakes on leggings so has cool. been worn so much that yeah. multiple of our customers have multiple of those in the in the in I the love wardrobe. them I'm actually like staring at your legs yeah, right now like even other even fashion generally like yeah. if there's a world at some point and I don't like I, I still think trends are cool and like there's yeah, cool sure. vintage fashion things I buy as well yeah. but like I think we can all kind of like move towards a world where we have to do where we can do a little less yeah and I really things. like that you You had just said that too because it doesn't mean that you can't shop at other stores it doesn't mean that you can't own trendy things yeah but it's just taking a step back and i think with sustainability and going back to basics like you don't need to submit an online order at a different clothing company once a week because i know especially in new york city there are a lot of girls my age doing that mm. and guys mm. but you're constantly feeling like you need something new and fresh mm. explain the process and this is cool i went out to dinner with my sister yesterday and i was telling her that you were coming on and I was trying to explain this to her and she was like what and I was like I don't know I'll get more info for you tomorrow I read on your website your satin it's plastic turning into yarn turning into satin sure yeah please what I'm sorry yeah I was like no you don't understand the satin cami is made out of water bottles and she's like that doesn't sound like it's comfortable and I'm like no but it's a really soft yeah, yeah. satin so how do you even yeah so satin so making fabric out of water bottles so out of recycled fabrics has been done for many many years i think like patagonia was maybe i don't know if they actually were the first ones but they were definitely some of the early adopters so uh-huh. patagonia being like a technical brand that leads with sustainability yes. has um you know like a lot of the oh i'm actually this, oh, this jacket yeah my puffer jacket is a patagonia jacket um they have long done this process um with their fabric mills to um source bottles literally recycled water bottles out of the oceans and then what happens is that um in the yarn making facilities they're basically like being put being like 
um, uh, crushed into little pellets. Um, okay. And then there is a process that like makes it into yarn. And it is easy. It's always been easier or it has been easier in the past 20, 30 years for these um, outerwear jackets and things like that, because you can kind of see like the relationship between how a plastic bottle can become yes. that, right? It's sort of like in the same rain it has been always much more difficult for anything that's like drapey and like yes. soft so it took a ton of time for fabric mills and like yarn makers and stuff to like really figure out how to make that in such a way that the pellets can become like small enough to mm-hmm. them be on and then satin is actually just a weave okay. um and i was you know i'm newer to fashion in a way as well because that's not my background so yeah, I we're gonna so, talk I mean, about that my learning bit, curve was really so huge yeah but satin is just a weave so there's silk satin and then there's other sorts of satins and so this is being woven into the drapey satin just by the nature of like the yarn being so like mm-hmm. thin and crisp and really soft so you can create this like drapey That's garment so incredible yeah. and even and it's cool so, and i like... think there's yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of talk right now around and patagonia has done things veja Evelyne, you know we a lot of us use these recycled fabrics and there's a lot of talk around like well, is it sustainable because it's plastic bottles? Are we promoting the use of plastic bottles? I think like to kind of like square that out, there is a really bad economy that has happened for many, many years in humans now, which is single-use plastic. Of course. Obviously. It's like just the most stupid ridiculous. thing, ridiculous yeah. thing ever to create something that's been used once and then thrown away. Now now we have created all this plastic. Yeah. We can't allow the plastic to go back into the earth. Right. So we're going to have to reuse it. And creating garments or other things you could create like whatever furniture or like building construction yeah, if you're things. creating that material you if you create material to create other things it doesn't have to necessarily yeah. be a shirt and if you take and if you use if you create shirts or if you create building components or if you create anything that's more long lasting then you've basically like rescued and like solved and like actually taken away the single-use plastic from this like dangerous ecosystem where it could be disposed now what's very important is that the garments aren't disposed and what's also very important is that it's being washed the proper way so like you have to use um washing bags that actually um catch the microplastic shedding for all your technical garments wow that's very interesting yeah and that's true for like recycled and for normal polyester garments but but though it still sounds like it's convenient to me it's not like this like outlandish thing that you're asking people to do x y and z yeah like for example the reason that humans use single-use plastic and i'm just basically speaking facts i'm not for it obviously it's killing this planet but the reason that humans still go to single-use plastic even though they know that it's doing this stuff all over the country is mm. because it's convenient. Yeah, there is right. No, and so and there's it's not enough horrible in because yet. there's not enough. And I want to say there's not enough awareness, but there is at this point because not enough alternatives. Yet, yeah. yeah, not enough alternatives, and it's it's horrible. So it sounds to me like that plastic to yarn to silk has come a long way. Mm. It sounds like there's probably still even more that it can be discovered in turning that process into stuff like creating fabric totally. and creating you know furniture and building components or right. whatever. It exactly. Is. And then for the single-use plastic itself, that needs to be and there's. You know, there are definitely companies that are doing things, like, you know, like Sweet Green uses the compostable yes. like lids and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and certain coffee shops use them. So there is, there's definitely things being created from more compostable it's ingredients from bio-derived. It goes back to the mindset that's behind this podcast, because our, is it this our best? No. Bettering. I, I walk by people using single-use plastic all the time. Like, it still exists. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit better. Yeah. And yeah. I, I love the I theme love of that. your, the better, Thank better, but best. Thank you. But I think that this company is a perfect representation of Better Not Best because mm-hmm. they're doing one thing at a time to make this better for our environment. Mm-hmm. And I, that's so important, especially when you see all of the devastation happening all over the world. Yeah. Like it, it's 
so scary. Yeah. And better not best is this, uh, you can't jump from point A to point B with being perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure as a business owner, you still are not perfect and you're constantly trying to improve in your business. But your background was not even fashion. Yeah, not at all. So how <laughs> how did you transition into fashion? Yeah. Um, yeah, my background was um, banking and venture capital. I think it was... Like when I reflect on it or like in hindsight, I started my, so my first job was at Goldman Sachs in investment banking, natural resources investment banking, actually. So very kind of like, you know, like very masculine, like sure. um, field. And looking back on it, I was in high school. I was always very good in like all the things, but also very good in sciences and like math. Um, Go so females like you, probably. <laughs> love. You love that around. Here. And I like I love much like it always fascinated me. I yeah. loved loved uh, like the beauty of it almost. Yeah. And so I ended up studying finance on and entrepreneurship, um, like a co dual thing. I had some internships and stuff. And at the time, I think I developed this over like this tomboyish like need or like want to like keep up with the boys and like show everyone that I'm like I can be the best. Good for you. Literally on your better do it best. Uh, at yeah. Okay. So you don't want to be the best. However. You should show up the boys. I had to, but at the time, I like had this idea of like, yeah, I wanted to be the best and I wanted course. to be. So like, it's self-motivating as long as yeah. you're doing it in a healthy way. So I ended up at Goldman Sachs, which at the time seemed like the best mm -hmm. of the best. And it is arguably, it's like the best of the best yeah. of banks. So um, I think ending up there was led by that like passion for, for math, etc. My grandfather was actually a math, like a insurance mathematician. Like it was always very, my other grandfather an entrepreneur. So... I ended up um, in this like finance mathy field because I liked it, but only when I then moved to venture capital, I started working with entrepreneurs and like started kind of getting my like realizing that um, what I felt truly passionate about was way more like the future and um, thinking about how the future of the world, the future of humans, future of the earth, etc could should can look like um and i got very passionate about that and had the opportunity at index to work with a lot of entrepreneurs um on their ventures and companies which was really cool at the time i was like 24 25 and i was on boards and like doing things like that it was very cool then though we realized that um i really wanted to like create something myself as opposed to like just witnessing sure. it and um that was when meg and i my co-founder who we met at goldman we she was in california at the time we pinged back and forth these ideas and um realized that i think there was a moment there was definitely maybe like a moment well there was there was no fear in the beginning there was more we want to do this um what there was though was this like self-doubt of like oh but I don't actually know anything about like building a company or like fashion or sure. like this and that. Or just Hi, that. hello. How yeah. do I just wake up and go do that? <laughs> How do I do any I'm of pretty sure stuff? that's everybody's fear whenever they want to do something ever. <laughs> uh, but weirdly enough, like there was, it was like a little bit of self-talk, but there was no fear as in like we knew that this company should exist and that yeah, we wanted to do this. Yeah, there's a need for it. And yeah. we knew that it could be successful. It's just a matter of how. Yeah. Well, so no fear is wrong. There was, there was, there was, there was that, but I think like the fear and the, it's, I read recently, courage is the f is not the opposite of fear. Courage is um, doing something in spite of fear or I with fear presence. Because it's such the truth. Totally. Um, so we just kind of went ahead, and then the the benefit of not knowing anything was we could like literally ask anyone 
all the questions in the world we wanted That's and been the people theme would answer everybody that i've talked to including myself if you don't know something ask and it's wonderful like, when you don't know any like everything you... at our fingertips right now from google to all of these different resources to connecting with people like in real time yeah and we're still like uh oh, what do i do yeah like, no ask a ask question curiosity yeah. i re- i really really love um i'm like a big einstein fan okay. and i really love reading like rereading some of his like stories and books in his life because he's not like i mean obviously is like a world class, the world the world class scientist mm-hmm. but he's also just like like such a curious like artistically inclined creative human when you like read about him yeah. and the curiosity of him always like he always asks a little bit more and always asks that I other lo- that was so cute of you I love that yeah. you said that only because there have been so many people since Einstein that nobody I think thinks to go back to like learn about him like he was the right. original creator. Yeah, like, and like he is so creative. Mm-hmm. And, so, and I think the curiosity that like drove him is sure. a curiosity. We'd be that... sitting here in the dark right now. Completely. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So basically you were curious, you asked questions curious, yeah. and you learned about fashion and you ultimately used that to be Yeah, sure. Like, uh, it was arguably not, not Megan Me. It was like a lot of other people who knew a lot more things. Sure. Like it was our first designer, freelance designer, we worked with Charlie Cohen and it was like you know our factories we met and like our first hires um our first hire alexis and millie and jess who like in each of their fields knew so much more about sure anything so it's that also we finding resources that know more than you do completely and where I'm do you find that. the line between like asking questions and learning information and going for it right because you don't want to go too soon before you learn but you don't want to learn too much because that will prevent you from taking that first step. for sure yeah for, i think for us it was like a little like wiggle a little of little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of I this love that. A little yeah wiggle. a little wiggle little yeah. wiggling <laughs> like i i think like i meg and i decided to do this i quit my job she had already like anyways had quit it before we um i was at coachella and then after coachella <laughs> what a back time then. what a time a back then <laughs> it was in la and like you know and met um some factories there and yeah. that was the first factories and then we created some pinterest boards and then we so it was like a little bit of it's asking doing this so doing asking doing asking doing which is so fun because you're like i was at coachella like in my neon like bop into music and then i came home and created a pinterest board and, and, and then i like hung out in a factory company. and then it turned into i'm sure that's that exactly how it happened but it's just also very cool to know that like that was the process there was not this like strategic set of steps where you were like this has to be perfect and that has to be perfect it was a little wiggle it was a little bit better every time yeah and then wait for the kicker you turned down harvard business school that was around the same time yeah (laughs) was that a hard decision for you to make it was not so hard for me from a place of heart. Like, I think intuitively I knew that I wanted to start the company. And I assumed when I closed my eyes and like listened to my heart, which is, by the way, how I make all my decisions. Close <laughs> and your eyes work. and listen to your damn heart. <laughs> That's how to make a decision. <laughs> Literally how it works for me. Um, for me too. I think it's so useful. Yeah, and I shouldn't like other people think differently. Like other people make their decisions. Sure, weigh out your options, cetera, but take notes, weigh the pros and cons, but also, also close your eyes and listen to your heart. Exactly. Yeah. So I knew it wasn't, um, I knew I wanted to start a company. I think it was more difficult than like do the head thing of, yeah. oh my God, I'm learning it down. And at the time it was definitely a growing, you know, growing up like, my dad, when I was like 13, 14, started talking about like Harvard Business School, like da da da. So uh, I went, I probably, I think I applied for just to like show him just I could to, do it. Sure. Yeah. But was there ever a time where you were like, maybe if I go to Harvard Business School first, my company will be better because I'll have that knowledge before I start? Or were you like, nah, I know I can do this? Yeah, but then it was immediately like, maybe, but then it was immediately like, 
um, weighed weighed with um, okay, but I'm losing two years. Sure. I'm gonna have a bunch of like it costs a bunch of money. Um, the idea is here now. The thing is here now. The world is moving, and if I'm going two years of business school, um, the world will still kind of go on, you know. Yes. So it wasn't, uh, yeah. And my co-founder actually went to Stanford, so we felt like we <laughs> we had one MBA. Okay, under, so like side note, your co-founder already had the education, yeah. so you could like figure it out. Exactly. But I love that. Yeah. I think that's so great because the answer is not always do A, B, and C before yeah. you can do D. Yeah. What I think is like and like looking. And, and I don't think it's necessarily you can only learn at a business school. You can learn that in many different ways. But I would say what took me probably the longest to learn in the beginning was this like idea of like management. Mm-hmm. I think like leadership came more naturally to me in a sense of, you know, because I'm so excited about it and like I, like the vision we have and like all of that. It's easier to like lead the team. But the management part of it, it's also not, I've never been the one I was most passionate about initially. Sure. So it took a second longer to sort of like... It really and it still takes honestly. It still does. I'm learning all the time. I know Andy's learning all the time too. Like managing other people is very hard. Managing projects very hard because for me, like type A, I'm like a do it myself kind of person. Mm. So if I write out my list and get everything done, it's great. If you're relying on somebody else who A might not have the same learning style as you and B like just doesn't communicate in the way that you do, it's really hard. Yeah. It, it goes back to teaching when you have a room of 30 kids when I used to be a math teacher and they all learn in a different way. It's like stressful. Yeah. So now you have that, but it's adults and yeah. you're trying to count on them to get something finished right. and they might not do it in the same way that you would. It's Completely. really, really a struggle. Completely. So what has been the hardest part about managing an entire company? Um, the hardest part, I think, was has been when there was situations where that sort of like shut back and where, where that came back. And there was two particular situations where two... Um, two different points in time when in hindsight like I I think this like over proportionally impacted me um two different points in time when someone left who was really important to me and to us as an employee and as a team member and in both of those occasions I think it happened because there was some sort of like part on the way where this was something that I or like Megan I could have done differently oh, wow. um in terms of like maybe like there was like a raise or like sure. a, 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 a something or like a situation where we could have like acted um, better for that person and those I'm quite sensitive like in which is sometimes good and then sometimes bad so stuff like people things really impact me Mm -hmm. Um, and like in hindsight I think those are the things that if like building that those those have been the hardest moments yeah when When you're very empathetic and you feel what other people are feeling and you can put yourself in their situation it's even more difficult yeah and then and then in those cases where it was like you know i would point the finger at myself yeah no it's a great way rightly validly but it's also very difficult because you take everything so personally yeah um, you become so invested in them Mm -hmm. of course which is also great and i think that probably helps your business as well because if you are not empathetic and if you're not feeling what they're feeling yeah. um then you're basically running a factory and yeah it's that's not yeah. great either like i i don't you know do you do you record valued. your dreams or do you remember your dreams i don't you don't no so i so when i started i when i remember mine often and i dream about the team i mean wow. so many times like that's so cool so over proportionally like versus anything else are you life. like wake up at 3am turnover with a notepad no, I'm like, I have a practice. So I noticed when I, I used to sleep not that much because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't need it. So I used to sleep like five, six hours. And then I tried to train okay, myself. Can you teach me how? Because if I don't have approximately nine and a half hours. Oh my God, I'm that's so impressive. Hour. I really want to be taught. <laughs> I had to find myself really hard up to like seven and a half, wow. sometimes eight now. 
Uh, nine is my dream. I really I want to sleep nine I hours. I love sleeping. It's How so do I great. sleep nine hours? Oh. Anybody, people say like you sleep, what is it, like a third of your life? I'm like, yes. And I enjoyed every second of no, it. No, it's so good. It yeah. keeps you young. It keeps I, you fresh. It keeps you focused. Rested, oh. And I'm not sleeping till noon, but I like going to bed early. Yeah. So like I'm not up at midnight. That's the number one. Like it's yeah. awesome. You mm-hmm. should be proud of yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Great. I, yeah, I really hard tried my, I know up to seven and a half, eight hours, seven and a half. Yeah trying and seven and a half is the the time that i need to remember my dreams so okay. like if i sleep six hours i don't you remember, don't remember them. seven and a half and it has to do with like sleep cycles and stuff wow, like that yeah. so you wake up i'm sure it's in a, a certain thing. sleep cycle about it yeah. but sometimes like i'll wake up during the day and i won't remember my dream until like 3 p.m because like something triggers me and reminds me of it oh I'm like, interesting oh, about that. cool yeah. so you do yeah but i don't write them down maybe i should yeah you should yeah. Um, but that's really cool. So you're dreaming about your team. They yeah. clearly mean a lot to you. Yeah, they're awesome. Like our team is really great. Yeah. And you're not the best manager all of the time, but you're always striving to be a little bit better. Oh I saw you like yeah. twitch when I said you're not the best, but yeah. like, hey, I'm not the best at podcasting. I've m- messed up a bunch of times. Yeah. See, I just stuttered. Yeah. I'm going to have to yeah. cut that part out. But like, actually, totally. you're getting a little bit better in everything that you do. And because this company exists, we're going to have a more sustainable future. We're going to be dressed better yeah. and we're going to save some money. And, and I think- when people when people ask, um, I, I was on a panel recently about the definition of sustainability as micro decisions sure. as opposed to like one big thing, and it's exactly what you're saying around like bettering yourself. I think these like micro decisions of making better decisions, like it's all about making micro little better decisions because there is no one thing, there's no one like leap, I love that. right? And it We're also not going puts to... it back into your hands because this can be done because. In a world where you feel like there's not a lot of hope and our, you know, atmosphere is going to shit and we need to save the planet, mm. you feel like nothing that you do is going to help it because there's always going to be these mega conglomerates that are not recycling and like you're just like doomed. But it's micro decisions. Micro One decision. little decision after another sure. and it all adds up. Push. So great. So I had asked you the question, was there a time that you feel like you weren't at your best and you were striving to become a little bit better in everything that you do. And I think that you answered that beautifully. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you tell yourself when you feel like you're not measuring up to your own expectations um, to remind yourself that it's okay? Oh, good question. Thanks. Yeah, I have one mini practice that is uh, like in, in, in that c- comes handy in many situations, which is zooming out of like what the super like micro view is of our life so reminding ourselves that like feel and like the visual kind of like the visual way of doing it is like literally like pretending to be like a satellite and like put yourself sitting in a drone and fly above being a drone on. and being like somewhere out there in universe and like yes. looking back and then seeing like mini you and like mini yourself like walking around and like I doing a thing in new york city and like doing this and doing that and I smile when I do it because I'm like, oh, this is like looks so cute. But like at the end of the day, the earth is so like universe is none of this like little things matter. So when you're in it, it's hard to see the big picture. Yeah. And if one day, you know, it doesn't go well, like there are so many days. It's just a day. It's just a day. I didn't even notice that flag. Great name for that. (laughs) You did a very good job selecting it. That was a beautiful answer. When you are feeling overwhelmed, when you are feeling like you are not at your best, zoom out and try to do a little bit better. Yeah. So thank you so much for thank being you. here. The company is called A Day. There is a store location in New York. In New York, there is a showroom on the fifth floor on West Broadway in Spring. 
And then there's also one in San Francisco on Fillmore Street, which is the same street as Rumble Training, which is very excited. But I'm out in San Francisco. (laughs) I can't wait to visit it. Um, Where can they find you on social media? Um, Ada is on A-D-A-Y on Instagram. Um, And then my own handle is Nina Faulhaber. And if you can't spell Faulhaber... Did I say it right? Then type You go in, to a day and then you see who they're following it. and you type in Nina and that is Stalking 101 and that's how you find her Instagram. Exactly. <laughs> we all know how to do it, right? Of course. So just don't pretend like you don't. My name is Julia Stern. You can find me on all social channels at Julia L. Stern. Please rate this podcast, share it with your friends, tell one person about it, continue to spread this better not best mindset. And now go out there, stop trying to live your best life and start actually living a better one. Thank Thank you you so so much. much for having me.